0: Good evening and welcome to e-bible fellowships bible study in the book of revelation tonight is study number three of revelation chapter four and we're looking continuing to look at verse three and he that sat was to look upon like a jasper and a sardine stone and there was a rainbow round about the throne in sight like unto an emerald and we're at the point in of studying in this verse and in the second half of the verse where it speaks of a rainbow round about the throne now the throne is set in heaven and one is seated upon it who is eternal god and uh, as we saw previously the bible says that he that sat was to look upon like a jasper and sardine stone and we went to some places that showed that a jasper and sardine stone are precious stones that identify with true believers. And, of course, Christ is the Omnipotent One. He is the Almighty, seated upon the throne of His glory, and He completely identifies with the body of believers, or the, to say it another way, the body of believers completely identify with Him and that's why the one sitting on the throne um, looked like a Jasper and sardine stone, and now we read, there was a rainbow round about the throne in sight, like unto an emerald. Now an emerald also is a precious stone, and the the emerald actually is found in all the places. ...that we found a jasper and sardine stone um, in Exodus 28 or Exodus 39 and also in Revelation chapter 21. I'll, I'll read the verse in Revelation 21. It says in verse 18. And the building of the wall of it was of jasper and the city was pure gold like unto clear glass... And the foundations of the wall of the city were garnished with all manner of precious stones. The first foundation was jasper, the second sapphire, the third a chalcedony, the fourth an emerald. And so the the emerald has the same spiritual meaning as the jasper and sardine stone. They're alike precious stones that God uses to speak of the adornment of his people and his people are adorned with such um costly and rare stones they're beautified in this kind of way because God has adorned them Christ is the one that has clothed them and made them beautiful in his sight so that they um spiritually are likened to these most beautiful stones that are um, able to make it through the fire of the fiery wrath of God and actually did so in the person of Christ himself. But why does God say that there was a throne set in heaven and, and round about that throne was a rainbow? In sight like unto an emerald. Well, let's look at what the Bible has to say about rainbows. And of course, as soon as we think about rainbows, we immediately think of the flood that occurred in the days of Noah and what God said after the flood in Genesis chapter nine. And we'll start reading in verse nine. And I, behold, I establish my covenant with you and with your seed after you and with every living creature that is with you of the fowl, of the cattle, and of every beast of the earth with you, from all that go out of the ark to every beast of the earth. And I will establish my covenant with you, neither shall all flesh be cut off any more by the waters of a flood, neither Shall there any more be a flood to destroy the earth? And God said, This is the token of the covenant which I make between me and you and every living creature that is with you for perpetual generations. I do set my bow in the cloud, and it shall be for a token of a covenant between me and the earth. And it shall come to pass when I bring a cloud over the earth that the bow This is the token of the covenant which I have established between me and all flesh that is upon the earth. Now this is very interesting language that God is giving us after having destroyed the world with a flood and killing all that had the breath of life outside of the ark. Only the eight souls and and the animals and the the creatures that were brought into the ark survived the flood. Everything else um, that had the breath of life, that it died, it perished in the flood. And now following that terrible tragedy, that awful flood, God is making a covenant with mankind and he uh, states he will no longer cut off any more all flesh by the waters of a flood and he will never again bring a flood to destroy the earth. Now we can know this for sure that God means this, um, as it is stated that there never will again be a flood that does, uh, encompass the whole earth and, and destroy all the inhabitants of the earth and all the living creatures that are upon the land. That will never happen. Uh, Even though there might be isolated floods, there could be a tsunami or there could be um, a a flood that impacts a town or a city, but there will never be a worldwide flood that that, uh, will destroy like the flood in the days of Noah. And, and that is a fact. That is one thing God is, uh, saying for sure. But however, remember the flood in the Bible is used of God to typify and to picture the end time judgment uh, or the judgment of God that comes upon sinful mankind at the end of the world. And that's why Jesus says in Matthew 24, As it was in the days of Noah, so shall it also be in the days of the Son of Man. And God has used this um, true historical event as a historical parable to teach us about the end of the world. And and so it's no wonder that we find here that God is committing Himself and and giving an everlasting covenant between Himself and all living creatures, at every living creature upon the earth, that He will never again destroy the world with a flood. Now, when we just look at the deeper spiritual meaning and we understand the flood represents the end of the world, then this passage in Genesis 9, spiritually, would be representative or teaching us about the new heaven and new earth. And God is making a covenant with that new creation, with all of the creatures, whatever they might be, you know, as God Created creatures to uh, inhabit this creation besides mankind, certainly, he he is capable and and will create creatures to inhabit the new heaven and new earth besides the redeem mankind, and we we don't know what those creatures will be like. They'll be um, creatures that are fitted and suited for. A perfect creation and and they will uh, be be creatures that uh, in all probability are nothing like the creatures we know today, like cats and dogs and horses and lions, there'll be uh, a new creation, new creatures that God will create you know as we look around this creation and we see the animals and the fishes and the birds of the air and the insects and And fleas and, and all these things, we, we see an incredible variety of creatures that God has created. And, and certainly there is no limit to the imagination and, and to the ability of God to create, um, a whole new world full of new creatures that that mankind has never known and and yet wonderful beautiful glorious creatures that will not be corrupted by um a corrupt creation because there'll be no sin in that creation and these creatures will inhabit that new heaven and new earth i think we can safely say that and so God is making a pact. He's, He's making a covenant with man and with the new creation, the new heaven and new earth, as God does liken creation to, uh, something alive. And He will establish that covenant. And notice what He says that the token of this covenant, which verse 16 says, and the bow shall be in the cloud and I will look upon it that I may remember the everlasting covenant between God and every living creature of all flesh that is upon the earth. And God said unto Noah, this is the token of the covenant which I have established between me and all flesh that is upon the earth. And again, spiritually, It is as though God is looking at the Lord Jesus Christ. He must be the one represented by this bow. He must be the one that uh, God is going to remember in order that he not destroy this new creation, these redeemed men and these newly created creatures. He will look to the Lord Jesus Christ and the Lord Jesus Christ will always be a reminder to God that this creation is an everlasting creation and it is never to be destroyed. I think we can we can assume that that is what the spiritual meaning of Genesis nine is teaching us. But also concerning a rainbow, we we read uh, some things about it in the book of ezekiel in ezekiel chapter 1 and ezekiel 1 is the chapter that ezekiel is being shown a vision and the heavens were open just like the apostle john in uh, revelation 4 at the beginning of the chapter it speaks of a door in heaven was open and ezekiel that that old testament prophet of judah also had a vision once the heavens were open and he saw um quite a spectacular sight he saw a creature that's called actually four living creatures in ezekiel one in verse five also out of the midst thereof came the likeness of four living creatures and this was their appearance they had the likeness of a man and everyone had four faces and everyone had four wings. And it goes on to say concerning their faces in verse 10. And as for the likeness of their faces, they four had the face of a man and the, and the face of a lion on the right side. And they four had the face of an ox on the left side. They four also had the face of an eagle. Now, we we find the similarity between what Ezekiel saw once the heavens were open. And what the Apostle John is privileged to see in Revelation chapter 4, again, once the door of heaven is open to him, we find uh, it says in verse 6 of Revelation 4, And before the throne there was a sea of glass like unto crystal, and in the midst of the throne, and round about the throne were four beasts, Full of eyes before and behind. Now we, uh, we have to correct this word. We'll, uh, we'll go more into detail about this word when we get to this point in our study, when we reach this verse. But you can be sure that four beasts is an incorrect translation. It should be four living creatures or four living ones or something like that. It, it is basically the same sight that Ezekiel saw. And and so uh, I'm going to correct that. At, and round about the throne were four living creatures, full of eyes, before and behind. And the first living creature, it says beast in the King James, but again I'm correcting it, was like a lion. And the second living creature, like a calf. And the third living creature had a face as a man. And the fourth living creature was like a flying eagle. We see the same faces that Ezekiel saw in Ezekiel chapter 1. Well, um, further along in Ezekiel 1, towards the end of the chapter, in verse 26, it says, And above the firmament that was over their heads was the likeness of a throne, as the appearance of a sapphire stone. And upon the likeness of the throne was the likeness as the appearance of a man above upon it. And I saw as the color of amber, as the appearance of fire round about within it, from the appearance of his loins even upward, and from the appearance of his loins even downward. I saw as it were the appearance of fire, and it had brightness round about, as the appearance of the bow that is in the cloud in the day of rain. So was the appearance of the brightness round about. This was the appearance of the likeness of the glory of Jehovah. And when I saw it, I fell upon my face and I heard a voice of one that spake. Isn't this incredibly glorious language as God is revealing to us a glimpse of the Lord Jesus Christ, and and also it's describing a bow as it were in the cloud in the day of rain. A rainbow is how we would say it. It It's how Revelation 4 puts it. A rainbow was seen in the cloud. So was the appearance of the brightness round about, just as we're reading in Revelation 4. That this rainbow was round about the throne. And, and this is describing wonderfully, beautifully a picture of the throne of God, of, uh, the Lord Jesus Christ. Of course, it's just using the most uh, glorious language imaginable to, to give us an idea of the holiness and the majesty of the person of God and and Christ is eternal God this uh, doesn't mean that th- uh, this is what Christ looks like at all but this was the appearance of the likeness of the glory of Jehovah this is the glory of Jehovah and it's completely identified with a rainbow with a a bow that is set in a cloud uh, in in the day of rain. And that's because it is the rainbow that God remembers, a memorial that God has established in order to remind him he will never again destroy the world with a flood. That's the earthly reminder. But, of course, the far more important reminder is that the Redeemer of men lives that christ is the intercessor whoever lives to make intercession for the sake of his people and and so god will always be reminded that he is never again to bring his wrath upon these redeemed souls and and these ones that uh, he has brought into eternity future to inhabit The uh, new creation, the new heaven and new earth and and the ones that he will dwell with forevermore. And and so that this is all that's involved with this rainbow. Now, the rainbow is also seen later on in the book of Revelation. And uh, we want to look at all the verses that that the Bible refers to it. And we find a rainbow in Revelation chapter 10 in verse 1 and i'll read that verse and i saw another mighty angel come down from heaven clothed with a cloud and a rainbow was upon his head again the cloud and the rainbow go hand in hand and we wonder who is this mighty angel or mighty messenger coming down from heaven who clothes himself in a cloud and has a rainbow upon his head and it goes on to say and his face was as it were the sun and his feet as pillars of fire well now god has told us who this mighty angel is it is the lord jesus christ himself it it could be no one else you know the bible tells us in psalm 84 verse 11 The Lord God is a sun and a shield. That that is S-U-N. God likens himself to a sun. And we read of Christ in Matthew 17, when he was on the mount of transfiguration. It says in verse 2, and was transfigured before them, and his face did shine as the sun, and his raiment was white as the light and here is the lord jesus who is coming down as this mighty messenger of god from heaven clothed with a cloud and the rainbow was upon his head he is the one that identifies with the rainbow and that's why um it, it's round about the throne in heaven he is the one that is the glory of jehovah and and so this is the vision that god has given to the Apostle John uh, in the book of Revelation that he wants John to record that he saw a rainbow round about the throne in sight like unto an emerald. Now we mentioned the emerald a little earlier. It's another precious stone that identifies with true believers and true believers identify with Christ. And then um, going on into verse four and round about the throne were four and twenty seats. And upon the seats I saw four and twenty elders sitting, clothed in white raiment, and they had on their heads crowns of gold. Well, now again, this is some sight that John is seeing. He just saw a rainbow round about the throne. And now the very same language is used to describe 4 and 20 seats with 4 and 20 elders sitting round about the throne. And Lord willing, we'll look into this particular language round about the throne and and, uh, also into this mysterious uh, 24 elders that are seated there. And we'll see what the Bible has to say as God will reveal to us a little bit more about the happenings in the kingdom of heaven in his very throne room.